Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the Word. We pray that this message would be a blessing to you. ...to reach out, and I really want us to do that. He didn't save us to sit. He saved us so we could serve. And if you're bored in your Christian life, get serving. Tell you what, because the dead sea is the dead sea because it receives and never gives. And you can sit here like a lump on a log and receive until the cows come home. And I tell you what, you'll be miserable. So if you can serve in one service and sit in the other service, we have two available for you. So we would love you to do that. But I just want us to, to take our position that we have in Christ and grab our commission and run with it. Because he has so anointed us and, and got us all so ready for what he has ahead, and it's going to be so exciting. The ride is going to be great. So the painters are leaving the town. Inspiration is all gone. Now I'm only joking. <laughs> I just want to tell you, God has reached us. He reached us and he rescued us. And one, uh, Luke 19.10 uh, tells us that, and I'll elaborate on that in a little while. He's not only just reached us, but he's received us. And uh, he just found us so adorable that he received us. He also renewed us, which is so important that we understand that and that we're sitting in a position where we know that He's renewed us. And then He's also um, resourced us, which is powerful, which gives us the ability to go and reach out. And so I wanted to say that Luke 19 tells us that the Son of Man has come, past tense, He has come to seek and to save that which was lost. I know that I'm in that category. I was lost. And He came and He found me. In that, in that high school back in, in, in Africa, and uh, he sent his word, and I reached out for it, and he reached out for me and touched me. And he received us. In, one, in John 1.12, it says, As many as received Jesus, to them the Father gave the right to become children of God. And he only, not only reached us, but he pulled us into family. And Jesus introduced us to family because it's it very seldom you see in the Old Testament that, he, that, that God is called Father. But Jesus introduced Father to us when he says, Our Father who art in heaven. Oh, so many of you may have a bad understanding of Father, but I want to tell you, he's a good, good dad, amazing dad. And then he renewed us in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. He says, if, any man, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. He has renewed us. And then in Acts 1, uh, 1 to Jesus is talking to his disciples. He says, you will receive power. So he's resourced us when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses into Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and the outermost parts. And Florida is the outermost parts. He's in and we are his witnesses. He's powered us. And so we're commissioned in Matthew 28, 18. He says, all authority has been given to me. Jesus said, I've sorted that authority issue out. I went to Calvary and I sorted out. I made a display of the enemy openly. And I took his, the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And I have full authority. And now I give you that authority. I now give you that authority. Um, in, um, on earth and heaven. And he says, and go therefore and make disciples of all nations. I want you to know that if you doubt this and you question this and you're concerned about this, that you're going to find yourself in a place where the enemy will render you inefficient. He will sow doubts and you say, oh, if you're a real Christian, why do you do that? 
you're a real Christian, how come you, how, how come you doing that? And you're nyanya you, but I understand that I'm born again in my spirit, man, and I'm a new creature in Christ. And so you've you got to understand that you can't let the enemy get an edge. You can't let the enemy get in there and, and, and prod you and uh, position you in a place where you doubt. So that doesn't position you in a place where you confidently can communicate the commission to other people because you know who you are. I'm a palmer. I know who I am. I'm a son of the most high God. I know that that's what I am. The enemy can throw and, and politics can throw and intellect can throw anything they want at me. But I've been walking this 45 years and I know what I know. I am ruined and I'm glad. I am ruined and I'm glad. And so we can't hang around and allow the enemy to, to, to because the, it's, the scripture says that the, 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 the enemy comes to steal. He, he doesn't really need your car. He doesn't really need your bank account. But he needs your calling. He needs your, uh, what's, what's been commissioned over your life. He has all that that he wants to take away from you. He wants to take your children's destiny away from you. He wants to make sure that you're ineffective. That's what he wants to steal from you. Because if he steals that, oh my gosh, he's got the future. He ain't going to do it in my watch. And not in the hearing of my, uh, what I'm saying. I'm saying, God, you have positioned us. And that's what we want to walk on and walk in. And so we can clearly see what you believe because it comes out in your behavior. You can clearly see whether I'm a Christian or not. And I'm going to be talking about birthmarks today. And you're going to see what kind of birthmarks you have because you're going to, it's your believing that's going to affect your behaving. And so I want to make sure the word of God affects your believing so then it affects your behaving and we can see that. So I want to just read the scriptures in, 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 in 1 John 3, 7, uh, 7. It says, yeah, he who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he, Jesus, is righteous. And 1 John 3, 10 goes on and says, whoever do, does not practice righteousness is not of God. So clearly, there is the word called practice. Like I said, the doctors um, are, are known as uh, uh, medical practice. They're practicing on us, and they're still practicing on us and trying to work it out. So that really gives us a confidence in why they call it a practice. Um, but I want to just say that I, there is a practice that's in our life of righteousness that, that holds you to a place where God wants you to walk in that place of righteousness. And if you poo-poo that and walk away from that or have your hands against that, then, then, then God says, listen, I, I, somehow nothing is deposited or being rooted in you and it's, and, it, and it's changed. So there's a practice, there's a way, there's a routine, there's a choice to walk, to believe and behave. I had to change my routine, my practice this morning because we got a morning service at 8.30 and I don't have the same time as I did have because I'd get up in the morning, have my coffee, go through the message once, go and get dressed, iron my shirt and come back and get all nice and ready and go through my sermon a second time. Well, I didn't have time to have a service, but you did because I practiced on the last service to, <laughs> on my message. So you're getting the better deal this time, okay? But my practice has changed, and I had to change it. But our practice when we come to Christ is a practice of righteousness. And that's what starts happening as we walk in, in that. And in, in, inviting Jesus as Lord and Savior, um, it brings a change. When our heart changes, things start changing because the uh, Holy Spirit comes and sets up home in our lives. 
He sets up home and he starts getting to work in our lives. Because when I said yes to Jesus, he came and took residence in my life and then started changing things. The Holy Spirit will illuminate areas, attitudes, um, and actions, and, and he will bring cleansing and correction, and he would bring clarity and control. He brings these things and start illuminating and think, why do I do this? Why do I do this? I used to look at, at people that smoked, and I said, if I start smoking here, where the journey goes to what happened to my dad dying of lung cancer. That's stupid starting that here. Not anything against anybody that smokes. You just may smell like something that's burning when you get to heaven, but doesn't doesn't affect anything and I just saw alcohol saw drugs I saw if it starts here where does it go to I didn't know anything about that but God kind of led me in that place of of, 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 in my attitude so you're rooting root uh, when the root changes in your life the fruit changes that's what I want to say and it doesn't happen immediately people that gave their life and maybe responded to the prayer after those last service that, that didn't change but as they walk Things start changing in their life, and the process starts changing. It doesn't happen immediately. All the stuff just falls off. But an illustration that I've used many times, and I want to use it again. It's about this poor lady in this poor, poor area. Um, a florist, come, florist band comes up and drops this beautiful bouquet of flowers. And she says, you got the wrong address because I didn't order that. And they said, okay, what Amazon always says, just keep it. And so she took it into her home, and they put it, she put it on the table, and she realized this beautiful bouquet was on this really, really filthy tablecloth and so she went and washed the tablecloth and then she realized I needed to dust my furniture and I needed to sort the chairs out because it just enhances the whole beautiful picture of this bouquet of flowers and then she started cleaning her carpet and then she found some paint that she was given and started painting the walls and everything started enhancing you know and started from one room to the next and I want to say when Holy Spirit comes into your life that's what starts happening it starts affecting from the from the inside out and I want to just say, when if there's no change, there's no Jesus. A national sportsman in South Africa came to preach at the church we were at, and we were playing pool. And he said, Rod, I just want to let you know, if there's no change, there's no Jesus. That's what I know. And he was an evangelist. And so I want to just say that, that that's what happens. And we need to have that assurance of our spiritual birth, our uh, being born again. We need to know that we know it. We can't be vacillating whether I'm saved or not. I need to know that I'm saved. And he really wants you and he really loves you. And he really wants you to be his son and his daughter. He really does. And he's made way for us to do that. And so he wants, don't be like what James says, uh, um, uh, tossed to and fro from ev- with every wave and doctrine that, that we're double-minded in our ways. Come on, let's get single-minded and understand that I am a child of the most high God and nothing's going to shift that. Why? Because Jesus paid the price and he's Lord of my life. That holds me true and it holds me rock solid. And I want to just tell you, it's so hard to worship and hard to pray, hard to witness when you're not sure if you're saved or you're, God loves you and, and, and that you're special. It just, it, just, it just messes with you. And then you get somebody like me preaching this word to you. That's really going to rattle your cage because I'm not sure if I'm saved. I want you to be sure and walk out these doors knowing that if I get run over by a bus out there, we don't have buses here, so you're safe. Um, you're right. You'll be with Jesus, okay? You'll be with Jesus. Hallelujah. Apostle John, writers of five New Testament books, says here um, that he wanted us to believe in Jesus and he wants us to know Jesus. Believing it, say, yeah, I believe there's a president, but do you know the president? We're moving right along. Okay, so we're, uh, you may know about me, 
but Valerie knows me. You, and, that, and that's the difference that we, you like me? Yay, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 1 John 5, 13, moving right along. John is talking in the epistles. He's talking, he says, I really want you to know Jesus. I know, I know you believe there was Jesus, and yes, he's died, and it's a historical fact and everything else, but I want you to know him, know him. And so um, he says, yeah, these things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. That, man, when you're connected with Jesus, it's a done deal. We need to have that assurance because that assurance makes us strong in posture, strong in our position if we know who we are. Hebrews 10, 22 says, let us draw near with the true heart of, uh, in full assurance of faith. Can't be tossed to and fro. There is no ways that you can rock me off my faith. Forget it. You can hit me with a, an atomic bomb and I'm not moving off my stand with the Jesus Christ. And that's what you've got to do because that position allows you to communicate the commission powerfully, fully persuaded, fully persuaded. Be sure of our salvation because it positions us to be strong, to reach out and represent a great and good God. That's what happens when we know that we know. Apostle uh, uh, John goes on, records an incredible story between Jesus and Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a religious dude of the day, and he came by night, and he said, uh, let me just talk, talk to you about eternal life. I want to ask the question. And John, and John 3, 3, he says, Jesus answered him and said, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse 10, it goes on, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water, that's not water baptism, that's when pregnancy, the waters break. Born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Got to understand, those two things are going to happen. You're legally all here because waters broke somewhere. Don't know where it happened. I've heard some interesting places where waters are broken. But I also know that you need to understand that you need to be born of the Spirit. And we'll talk a bit about that in a moment. But we need to be sure. So I've made a checklist of things that uh, are birthmarks for a believer. We have birthmarks. I know that when, uh, in our natural life, we have birthmarks. Valerie found a birthmark on that, whatever that is, an arm or a leg or whatever that is in the picture. And so who has birthmarks? They don't mind putting their hand up and saying, I've got birthmarks. You see, you got birthmarks. I know that we used to fill in documents in the, in the old days, old, old days for the young people. And we have to say, do we have a birthmark or not? So that if anything happened and, and they couldn't get my denture, my mouthpiece, or they couldn't see the see any other thing, DNA, now they've got DNA, so, but they would know, oh yeah, this is right, look at that, he's got a birthmark, okay, so I'm just saying that it is, it's a uniqueness of you, as a believer, there's a uniqueness, because there's, you've got birthmarks, that John talks about in his epistles, and I really would like to unpack five of them to you, so that we could have a look and check ourselves, as born again believers, have I got these birthmarks, and I want us to carry them like medals, because that's what the Father wants. He says, I want you to show the world that you have birthmarks of, as a believer. And our first birthmark I want to talk about is the birthmark of confession. In 1 John 5, 1, it says, yeah, he, whoever believes that Jesus is, is the Christ is born of God. I want you to see every one of these verses that I will pick up on the birthmarks. It says, born of God. Because these are the traits of what happens when you're born of God. 
you have a confession. Something comes out of your mouth that didn't come out before. I've seen Satanists come to Christ and they have confession changes about Jesus. When you've been a miserable sucker and then suddenly this wonderful language comes out of you and say, what happened to the other guy? It's because suddenly you're born again and there is a birthmark that's being evident and seen. And so when, when you confess Jesus has come as the Son of God, has lived and been crucified and has been buried and has been resurrected and that he's paid for our sins and we embrace him as Lord and Savior, we have a confession coming out of our mouths that uh, align with what God says. You bring him on as Lord and Savior. You've accepted him. In John 4, 12, it says, There is a salv- there's salvation in no one else. God is, has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. And that name is Jesus Christ. And when we lock into that, and our confession is Jesus is my Lord, you are carrying your birthmark and declaring your birthmark of something that will hold through to eternity. Salvation is by saying with my mouth and what I'm believing in my heart. You can't be a hypocrite and say one thing with your mouth when you're believing something else in your heart. There is an alignment of what my mouth is saying with what I'm believing in my heart. In Romans 10, 9, it says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Not maybe, not if, you will be saved. And that is so assuring. In 1 John 4, verse 2, it says, Yeah, by this you know that the Spirit of God, know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. What I'm saying here is that you've got to understand that we are a spirit being. That we have a soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions, and we are contained in an earth suit. Some of you are hearing this for the very first time. I, at death, I dropped this earth suit off. I get a heavenly body, and I'll be happy about that. Maybe you run a little faster, pick up a few more weights so I can compete with Tim and Aaron and all these other bodybuilders in the church. But I'm just saying, you're the real you is a spirit being. God says, I am, God is spirit. God is spirit, and so we connect with him by spirit. So that's why we need to be born again, because our spirit man is the one that really connects with God. And so it says yeah, every spirit, which is us living beings, that confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God, not family. It's a, it's, it's a sign of your birthmark that you confess Christ in that and brings you into family, brings you into family. I want you to know that you just don't float into Christianity. You just don't float into Christianity. You've got to make a decision to come into Christianity. That's what you've got to do. And so it's important that you understand that. Don't assume because mom and dad went to church and they were goody two-shoes that you cut, that, that you cut it. No, no. And that you're always in the church and you're always serving and everything else and you're working in the golf cart. Whatever you're doing in the connect corner, you're serving the kids and stuff and you say, well, I've been working in church. I'm good to go to heaven. I'm a Christian. No, 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 no. doesn't work like that. Living in a garage doesn't make you a car. (laughs) Sorry. You've got to have made a decision. Those that have come to Christ know exactly when you said that. When you spoke that, when you confessed that, that birthmark came into the hearing of voices and the, the, the sight. I, I came to Christ in 78. That's 45 years ago. I remember distinctly where it is in the school hall. 
And I heard the gospel for the very first time and I said yes because I knew I had an issue if I faced God one day because I had the sin issue. And I realized then that the preacher said, it's paid for. It's a relational deal and I took the relationship then, 45 years ago. So it's important that you may not know the day, the moment, but you need to know that there was a day that you said yes to Jesus. So I can't tell you when that year I said yes to Jesus. I just know that that was the year I said yes to Jesus. And things started happening. And things started changing. And so you need to know that there was a day. I know when Alex said it. The men's breakfast. And then he got up again here because he wanted to make a public confession of his faith. And that's, what, that's when things start changing and things start happening. In John 3, 16, he says, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe in the Son has not seen life. And I love the way it's said, has not seen life. You still have a chance to see life if you respond to Jesus yes. because life comes. Woo. Yes. Water baptism is also another way you confess. And we've done many in the, in the, in the ocean here. Second birthmark, birthmark of change. In 1 John 2, 9, 29, it says, everyone who practices righteousness is born of God. There's suddenly there's a change. And it just it, it, you've got to understand that when the Bible talks about change, it's talk about an, in, an inside job. You've heard about these inside jobs and these bad deals. But this is a good inside job. It's called transformation. It's not reformation like religion would do. Try and get you to change. Stop smoking, stop drinking, stop chewing and hanging around with those that do. They, 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 they preach that kind of stuff. No, no, you start changing from the inside out. Like that bouquet of flowers changed that house from the inside out. That's what happens here. That change starts happening, and it's a transformation. It's something the kingdom of God does when it starts taking residency in our life. It's not reformation. It's not an outside thing. It's not a religious thing. And when Jesus is made Lord, things change. When you bring him and make him resident in your life, things start changing. Your thinking starts changing. Your actions start changing. Your speech starts changing. Your conduct starts changing. I've watched lives over these years. All start happening when Jesus starts taking residency. 2 Corinthians 5.17, we've read it already. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. When I was in my military squad and and I, I got a grip of what Jesus had done for me and I realized all these things, they looked at me and they said, what is going on with you? This whole language started changing because I could tear the wallpaper off the wall with my language. The anger... I'm Scottish descent, my dad. Mike Palmer's the same. We have a, a, a very, very rooted anger temper issue, thanks to dad, passed it down, and that all changed. There was a peace that came upon me that had never been there before. You know when you're in the military and you're facing death and all those things around you, that there, you, to have peace with you, is a precious thing because you're, you're anxious, you're concerned, you don't know if you're going it, to, it's your day when you're going to take a, take a piece of lead. And so when you have the peace of God that surpasses all, and you have a confidence suddenly, I mean, life or death, not a problem. You kill me, I win. <laughs> I win. Valerie wouldn't like it, but anyway. The third birthmark is a birthmark of compassion. 
In 1 John 4, 7, it says here, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everybody who loves is born of God. There it is again, and knows God. Straight away, you start seeing where you used to get really aggro with these people, and you just want to just, you know, deal them a a fair blow. Um, Suddenly... You have, you have a grace with them. You have a, a passion for them. And you have a love and a, and, and a heart for them. And, and 1 John 2, 14 says, God's word lives in your heart. And you have won your battle. No, I've 1 John 3, 14. If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it, it proves that you have passed from death to life. Let me just say that there's a change. There's, there's a love that wasn't there before. And uh, there's this great compassion. I got my pen this time. I forgot it in the last time. But I saw this illustration. I thought it was great. You know, I'm going that way. And that's opposite to Jesus' way, that way. And before I repented and I changed my life, I was going that way. And, and when, you, when, you get, when religion gets to you and you say, you know, you've got to be good and you've got to be kind. And you've got to love your brothers and stuff. And so what happens is you, you try, you try, you try. And then suddenly you crack. And you just become your old self again and you just whack that person and you tear them apart and you, you're just ugly and yuck and, uh, and, and, and you try again. And every time you stop trying, it goes back there. But then you become a born-again believer and you try and get angry with people. It just bounces back and you just love them. <laughs> I just try and be angry with that driver in front of me and I just bounce back and say, oh, yeah. Just having a bad day. You just forgot to use your indicator to turning, turning signal. If you really want to bug me, don't put your turning signal on. And then I flick back and I love you anyway. I wave to you where well, I would give you a sign. I would just wave to you and say, have a good day, brother. Yeah, shoot. But I want to just say that that's what happens. And when I, I just think of the journey we went through in, 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 in Africa and we had some, some, some uh, church leaders really hurt Val and I so bad that we would wake up in the morning and pray for them and forgive them. And then 10 years later, get an opportunity to sit in the same room with them and bring restoration. And, 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 and if the love of Christ is not inside you and that you don't have that compassion, I tell you what, I would have taken a gun to that meeting. The old man would have taken a gun to that meeting. And I know the old man wants to keep jumping back on the, uh, jumping off the altar. You got to lay that sucker down on the altar and lay and ask for Abraham's knife to stab you and peg you on that thing so it doesn't come jumping off. So that your true birthmark would actually start being, I didn't say so much in the previous service, so hallelujah. Uh, The other birthmark I want to talk to you about is the birthmark of conflict. You live in a fallen world, church, no surprise. The lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life is going to badger you. And it's going to be a conflict in your life all the time. And you're going to have to wear it like a birthmark. That I have got these conflicts, but I'll rise up. Here's a scripture. It says here um, in 1 John 5, 4, Whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory. He has overcome the world that has overcome the world, our faith. As we hang on to Jesus, man, like the, the woman reaching into the crowd and grabbing the coattail of Jesus saying, Jesus, I need you. You're going to have to hang on to God because you're going to have birthmarks of conflict because you live in this fallen world. And if you think pride, pennies, and petticoats are not going to get you, gold's, 
girl's golden glory are not going to get you. You're like the Titanic. It sank before it even left the harbor in, in, in England because the enemy's been around a long time. And if you think you can get by and, 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 and say, I'll, I will never have pride, well, then you've kind of just taken the first step already. And pennies, money, greed. Pride, pennies, and petticoats. I just want to let you know. There is those things that will grab you and sink you, and you're going to have to wear it like a birthmark and say, no, I'm not. And um, so this conflict that's going to come, and, and, and we've got to understand that we've got to, have to stand strong. Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart, church. Understand that there's stuff that's going to come towards you that is going to amplify this conflict. So don't dabble with it. Leave it, walk away. Have something else to do instead of allowing that to dabble. And it's good that you hang around believers because they will push your button and say, oh, Jerry, that's a stinky little attitude you've got there. Uh, oh, yes, you are. I can pick on Jerry. Jerry's my, Jerry's my go-to because I have enough credit in the bank. I can bring a 100-ton load of correction in this man, and he still loves me, and I know that he, loves, he knows that I love him. I'll pick on Alex next time. Hallelujah. But I'm just saying. James? James is hiding. He's in hiding. Hallelujah. 1 John 5, 8 says, We know that whoever is born of God does not... Uh, where am I going again? I'm jumping, jumping again. Proverbs, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Fifth, fifth birthmark is conduct. What do I mean by conduct? In 1 John 3, 9, it says here, whoever has been born of God does not sin. His seed remains. His seed, capital H, seed remains in him. Whoever has been born again. And he cannot sin because he has been born of God. You're thinking, I don't know about that one, boy. I know. I live in this fleshly body, and I know that I've given my life to Christ, and I know that I sin. What is John talking about here? 1 John 5, 8 says, he knows, uh, We know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. I want to just tell you, this is what John is, is insisting. It's not saying, listen, if you sin as a Christian, that's it, you're doomed. Down the chute, hell, do not pass, go, click 200, you're going straight to hell. He's not saying that. But what he is saying, is, John is saying, is if you live in a willful disobedience and rebellion to God and flaunt yourself and saying, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, and you're living in a total rebellion to God, John wants to say, you're deceiving yourself. You're deceiving yourself. We are going to miss the mark. That's what sin is. We are going to miss the mark, but Jesus has paid for that. But I'm willfully not choosing to go that way. I'm not willfully choosing to, to, to live in disobedience. I have such a love relationship with my God. I don't want to do that. It's like I love Valerie so much. I don't want to offend her. I don't want to go and, and do things that would absolutely hurt her. Why? Because I love her. That's what compels us as believers to stay in that place where we want to continually do what's right and avoid this, this, uh, this conduct that would be not becoming as a believer. And God has empowered us to do that. So John is saying if you willfully disobey and rebel, rebel against God and you, and you call yourself a Christian, you're smoking good stuff. 
and it's messed your brain because you're missing the mark. If God seeds in you, His truth's in you, if Holy Spirit's in you, the gravity of His love will draw you away from that. When you hang around believers that are in love with Christ all the time, it draws you away from that yuck, yuck life that is always there. So hang around believers. It's infectious. It's infectious. And it also keeps us account. Like I said, I can pull Jerry up and say, hey, Jerry, that's not working too well for you. The seed that John is talking about, it convicts us. It nudges us. It, it heightens our sensitivity. When I was tearing the wallpaper off the wall in the military and I was so-called just giving my life to Christ, I thought, nah, this doesn't sound good. It's supposed to be this, this God child and look what I'm doing. How miserable am I? What, what kind of testimony and billboard am I? And I said, Holy Spirit, help. Because I know that you've come into my house. Help me clean this house up. Be that bouquet of flowers that helps me. In two weeks, I changed my language. Two weeks, I had better results from the, in the military training the guys because that's what God does. I just wanted to say this, though. When light comes, darkness has to flee. So when light is in your life, it illuminates all this yuck, yuck stuff, and you're allowed to walk away, and God empowers you to walk away. Can I say this about grace, though? Hmm. You need to write this one down. Grace gives us the power to change. Grace doesn't give you the permission to disobey. Grace gives us the power to change, but doesn't give us the permission to disobey. So, well, it's all under grace. I don't have to. It's all covered. Jesus died for all of our sins, past, present, and future. That's good. No, it doesn't give you a license to disobey. It gives us the power to change, though. So, Holy Spirit, man, this is not right. Help me. And when that happens, you watch God come into your life. And grace will allow you to walk away from sin. I want to just, just reassure you that forgiveness of your sin is settled. But allow our walk to walk in such a way that it represents the king in the kingdom. People that are ambassadors for America over, overseas represent America. Everything is represented. We are ambassadors of Christ. We represent and the guys look at us and they say, no, no I'll, I'll stay with my mess, thank you. I'm not, I don't want your mess. And we need to make sure that we're changed. So I want to close up with this, which is quite quite sweet note that you really don't want to ever get in your life. You don't want to get this letter. You don't want to, I don't know if any of you have got, been so bad that insurance said, listen, you're just a high risk. We don't really want you anymore because we... We're not going to cover you. You're just, I mean, too many fender benders, too many um, speeding tickets. You're just a high risk. We don't want to. Well, this letter is potentially could be sent to some of us uh, from the underwriters of Heaven's Pearly Gates. I just want to read that to you. Dear Mike. <laughs> I love Mike because there's so many Mikes in the house. You don't know which one. But I'll tell you what, like I said... If the shoe fits, wear it, okay? I'm writing in response to this morning's request for forgiveness. I'm sorry to inform you that you have reached your quota of sin. Our records show that since employing our services, you have erred seven times in the area of greed. Your prayers are too substandard when compared to the similar people people's age and circumstances. And with further review, 
it has been revealed that your understanding of doctrine is in the lower 20 percentile. <laughs> and you have exceeded your tendencies to gossip. Ooh, ew. And because of your sin, you are a high-risk candidate for heaven. You understand grace has its limits. Jesus sends his regret and kindest regards and hopes that you'll find some other form of coverage. We live walking out our birthmarks because he's forgiven us. You will never get that letter from the king. Never get that letter from the king. Hey. So this is the definition of a Christian. We fall down, we get up again. We fall down, we get up again. And we fall down, and we get up again, and then we meet the pearly gates. It's going to be a journey. But as long as you get up again. And Val says, if you fall, fall forward, so you can gain ground. As Valerie say. Eternity begins at salvation. And when I gave my life to Christ, I stepped into eternity in my life in a relationship with Almighty God that absolutely loves me. Yes, and He knows I'm going to mess up. He just ruffles my head, hugs me, and says, All right, okay, right, let's just get up and go again. Come on, let's get up and go again. So I want to say, just end with this that salvation will display our birthmark. How's our birthmarks being displayed? How's our, uh, how's our confession? How's our change? I was just say that there's certain things that I can't do and you may be able to do because we're all at a different journey with God. And as it comes to time for an attention in that area, he would ask you by the Holy Spirit, now we need to deal with this, Rod. And when you've dealt with it, you move on. You never fail a test in the, in the kingdom. You just have to rewrite it. I just want to let you know that for free. You'll have to rewrite it. And so he'll bring you around again and say, Rod, we've been past this bonk again. We have to move on now. And his love will continually woo us to a place where he, and change will start happening. You'll have compassion in your heart again. And that's so important. That area of conflict, you're going to be wearing that, that, that birthmark a long time. Because there's just so much conflict that we're going to be walking in and say, let me have victory in this conflict. And then our conduct we can't say, hey, we are we, these wonderful Christians and then willfully disobey a loving God. We're always journeying along with it. Hallelujah. Fred, could I have the team up? I just want to close you, close in prayer and just pr lead you in prayer. I just want to, I want to ask you to ask Holy Spirit, where do I actually um, need to deal with things in, my, in, in, these, in these birthmarks areas? Um, is there areas that need to be changed, checked? worked on. I don't think he brings a word like this without kind of moving us along. And he lovingly does that, church. He lovingly wants us to move along. That our confession is what it needs to be. Our conduct needs to be what it needs to be. Our change needs to, needs to keep moving on. And, and so our compassion, our conduct, all this. So let's just bow our hearts and I just want to address the very first thing. Is if you haven't even stepped into that place where you're spiritually born again, it's just because maybe you've never known it. 
Maybe today is the day and you said, I've heard about it. And today I want to respond and I want to invite Jesus into my life. I want to allow the Holy Spirit and his bouquet of love and fruit to come and take residency in my life and lead me in my life. Because he really designed your life before the foundations of the earth. But you've been walking outside of him. And he says, can I jump into your life and walk with you? And if that's you, I want you to pray with us all together and I encourage the church to pray. Church, would you pray? Let's say, Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. That you died on that cross for me. You paid for my sins. Thank you for forgiving me. Today, I receive you into my life as Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. did that 45 years ago where would I have been if I didn't Father as we bow our hearts before you today we just we want to carry your birthmarks declaring that we are born of God because we've just invited you for those that have just invited you or we've invited you many years ago Father and you've walked with us But every area, Father, that's been spoken about in these birthmarks, Father, would you, by your Holy Spirit, show us what needs to change. And so, Father, I thank you. Your will be done. And this piece of earth, as it is in heaven, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Would you stand with us? Thank you if you'd close us in.